welcome back to Utah, everybody. <laughs> Mostly <laughs> Bree and Jeremy. Jess, you've been in Utah. You left. She did go to the. You went to Idaho. The Lake of Bears, right? It was in Utah. Did you break over to the Idaho side though? Break on through to the other side once to get lottery tickets. And that's the best reason to go: booze and lottery tickets. That's pretty no, much because they don't have good booze right there. Uh, at neither of those, uh, either of those places, they either did not in have the best Paris or in Fishhaven. Nope, but um, then you don't have to go to a liquor store. You can just go to the gas station and is, get booze. Is there? There's not even a liquor store on the Utah side, is there? Um, I don't like think so. You have so. to go back to Logan, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think you either have to get it in Logan on the way up, or go to. You the could technically go the Wyoming way and go down through Evanston. Yeah, and I've done that before. It's longer though, isn't it? No, nope, it... to my house, it's like a 12 minute difference. Oh, didn't we do that when we went for the cabin? Didn't we go Wyoming way and come back out of the way? Yeah, I think so. Actually, I think we went up Wyoming so we could stop in Evanston. And get booze, specifically, <laughs> which we did. I remember And that. use the Smith's card. Yeah, and use my Fresh Values card. To buy booze at the Smith's. And I haven't had a Fresh Values card in I don't know how long, but my phone number is still attached, so. It still works? It still works. I can't get into the account, like, on their website thing, so. So they've made some changes, and we couldn't get into ours relatively recently, so we just at the store, we told them, and they did something, that's them doing something, and then it worked again. Yeah, I don't care. I don't really shop there very much, so as long as the number works to give me the bullshit fake discount, yeah. I don't really care. So they mark it way up, and then you use your card, and it makes it a normal price again. Yeah, basically. Kind of like Ross. And then at Harmon's, they just don't do that at all, so. Um, <laughs> this is the new Utah podcast, though. The uh, new Smiths and Harmon's um, podcast. This is episode 168. Um, it's a lot of episodes, all new content, and even though three I of like us- I like how impressed Tim was last week when he left. He was like- 167, huh? Yeah. Yeah, he was pretty impressed with the number. That's a, that's a big number for podcasts. No, I mean, I've got some. We're half the way are, to Cultural Hall. Yeah. <laughs> I've got some that are in the 800s that I listen to. Really? Um, and they've changed dramatically over the years. Um, Is Cultural Hall monthly? No. Mm. Is it weekly, too? Mm. It might be bi-weekly. I don't so know. we could catch up. It's, so it's bi. <laughs> cultural Hall's bi. That's a little weird to me. I don't know, actually. I don't know. I, don't. I see their posts. I haven't paid attention to how often they're releasing episodes. I don't listen to it. I so. don't either. I've only ever listened to one episode. <laughs> I started to listen to Did Ms. you listen Pat's to the podcast. episode I was on? You were on the cultural hall? Yeah, a long mm-hmm. time ago. With, with oh, yeah, that's right. In a different lifetime with a different podcast. That's right. That's right. Probably five years ago. I listened because they interviewed somebody that we were going to be interviewing, so... I want to make sure that we weren't duplicating. That's always good. It's I don't think enough podcasts do that. It's also on Hold 322. Yeah, that's Long okay. That, that podcast doesn't exist as the same thing anymore. They're done, yeah. It's, is it done, done? I think it's done, done. The oh, Left really? Show is still going, but The Left Show is, but, but I, I thought think... it was the greatest, the world's greatest comic book podcast oh. or the world's greatest podcast. Let me go look. Now that we're talking about that, maybe um, this is not a show about, <laughs> about that. everybody else's show. Um, about other podcasts. <laughs> yeah, That's important. I we listen to other ones. <laughs> um, I started listening to Miss Pat, uh, her podcast. Um, that's a that's a great podcast. She's that that woman. Something else. She's really funny. Miss um, Pat. Yeah, Miss Pat. So she's Pat. <sighs> she's from down south. She was uh, she was a crack dealer. She was. Um, a mom at 14 uh, to a married man. Oh. Uh, she was a mom to a married well, man? the married man was the dad. Um, she was molested and raped multiple times. Like, she's lived a really fucking hard life. Um, but she is, uh, 
she's uh, a successful comic, stand-up comedian. Um, she raises like her sisters or her cousins' kids, like her nieces and nephews, um, because their moms are crack whore, and <laughs> like she calls them her crack babies, but they're well-adjusted kids that she's actually adopted because their mom's so fucking worthless. Um, so wow. pretty good. Yeah, I mean, really. Really cool lady, but she's funny as fuck because she doesn't give a shit. She she tells everything like it is. She's not remorseful. She's really fucking funny. She's hilarious to listen mm. to. Interesting. Um, anyway, I started listening to that today. Um, nice. How'd you find that? I, uh, she was on the Joe Rogan podcast, and she was fucking hilarious. And so I was like, I'm going to listen to her podcast. Cool. I didn't get to listen to any music on my travels because I couldn't get Pandora to work right. And then when we drove down to St. George, Chris insisted on listening to Joe Rogan. Yeah. The, let me tell you. <laughs> Internet in Alaska and Canada sucks on your phone. <laughs> it's not great. Well, reception at all, period. There was only a few hours every couple of days when you had any kind of reception. So we'll get back to that in just a second because I, I have yes. some comparisons to make. I want to yeah. hear about Jess's um, laundry room situation. Have you been using a laundromat? No, apparently nobody in my house uses a dryer, so none of us even knew it was broken. <laughs> what? <So. laughs> Do you guys just wash your clothes and then line dry them? Yeah. Apparently all three of us do it. I had no idea. I knew a, I did it. Do you have a line in the backyard? No, like we just hang, like I just or hang just, mine up like no. by the dryer vents oh. or I don't know where they hang theirs up, but I was, it was like 10 May o'clock. I came home from the movies last Thursday and I was like, had laundry in the washing machine and went to put it in the dryer and I it like wouldn't even turn on and I was like, you guys got to let me know when something breaks so I can fix it. And everyone was like, we had no idea. <laughs> don't you, dry, you don't dry your towels either? Um, it depends. Like no, in the winter time, I will, but I usually just use them line dry them. We'll use them moldy. Yeah, Maybe like roommates. I have little clips that Actually, are underneath my like dryer vents. We've been in your roommate's room in the basement. I don't think he does laundry. <laughs> like no. period. Well, here's the thing: when you have, I can I can vouch for Ron that he does laundry. <laughs> when you have laundry. piles like Ron has, here's kind of how it works: as as the stuff on top makes its way to the bottom. Eventually, you go in with a shovel and you turn it over, and it's all magically clean. Just air out. Just a lot of Febreze. No, no. There's a lot of bacteria in there so that works to eat all the bad bacteria. I was talking to my mom about this today because this is the first time I've had to buy a washer or dryer. I because I've had mine for 12 years, and my mom's been through a lot. She has a lot of laundry, and I was like, I, I don't remember what we we're talking about, but I was telling her none of us do it and I was like it makes the clothes last longer and she was like really and I said yeah I was going through jeans so fast and the lady at the place I buy my jeans was like well how are you washing them and I told her and she's like no she's like just air dry them and now I buy jeans like maybe once a year also don't wash them that often people yeah I don't do you that you don't need to wash your jeans <laughs> that frequently that washing machine at the little Airbnb melted my underwear Oh. Uh, the dryer, I mean. That's gross. Well, I'm glad it didn't melt mine. <gasps> Our underwear was in the same washing machine. Ew. So have you found a dryer yet? No. Finding a dryer, it's a very intimidating. Because <laughs> I really love the ones that I have. Like, they've been awesome, obviously. Honestly, it sounds like you don't need one, so. Well, I do because I have a new roommate and I am, I think I'm like obliged to have working appliances in my house. <laughs> not if you tell them dryer not included. So... But they've all lived there for oh, a gee, while. That's bullshit. So, um, <laughs> there's a laundromat 16 miles away. Cause we well, the one the, the one that just moved in, he was like, I just like to go to the laundromat. I'm like, 
They're the right f- outside your room. So. Why the fuck would you want to go to the laundromat if you have a working washer and dryer you don't have to share? I don't know. You don't want to fucking so, spend an extra $10 a month? I don't know. Since? Hopefully, it's probably just old habits. Anyway, so the first place I went to was suggested to me in Orem. It's just like a used, a gently used. It was definitely not gently used. Like some of them had like duct tape on the inside of them. And I was like, I know there's a market for anybody that wants to buy that because they're just, you know, $150, whatever. So then I was like, well, I'll just go to Home Depot. And I just don't like any of the new ones. They're just too fancy. <laughs> so there's one other place that has two locations in Salt Lake. And I went like 30 minutes before they closed on Saturday. So I couldn't make like a actual decision. So what I'm deciding is, do I want to buy a washer and dryer set? Or do I just want to buy the dryer? Because my washer still works, but I don't know how long it's going to work. So... Yeah, it's like three. The one I'm looking at, the set's three twenty five, or the dryer's just like one fifty. So I'd, I'd buy a set. Usually, you get a better deal if you buy the set, and then if you buy a set new, they'll take your old stuff away and deliver the uh, new. No, I have to do everything. This is like a gently used place. Oh, if um, I want, they don't deliver to Utah County. Oh, bastards! So then you have to tack on the cost of all that. Dryers are not heavy, though. You could maybe sell your washer to the, one of the places that's gently used. Well, yeah, but they only take like 50 bucks, maybe. Dryers so. are the one that are heavy because they've got the concrete weight in them. Mm. My dryer was so easy Fuck to take no, down dryers the are light, dude. Yeah. It's the washer. It's the washer. With, yeah. the, with the balance and the, the huge-ass basin. Yeah. 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 So. That's why you can't put your dryer on top of your washer, but you can put your washer on top of your dryer. Negative. Opposite. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm at the same way. Sorry. No, I'm leaning towards just a dryer just because it's an unexpected finance. <laughs> but I have to get a truck and find some time to get it. So in the meantime, I completely have redone my laundry cove. And I saw the fresh paint. Oh, it's way more than that. Less now. spiders. So more no, paint. I've never had spiders in there. Actually, ever. <laughs> you better knock on wood. And there's some behind you, not on this table, though. There's I'm no not wood. scared this of spiders. Plastic. Me neither, but my cats need to fucking get downstairs and eat them. I just killed two today. Been gone for a week. There's two spiders down here. Damn cats. I'm sure because Boone hasn't been down here hanging out with you. It's probably true. Um, speaking of episode 168 and never having any repeats, last week, three of us were gone. But you got a brand new episode because we work hard for you people. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the three of us that were gone were actually all on a cruise together into um, the big giant state of Alaska. I'd say the great state, but <laughs> at 750,000 people and like landmass bigger than most of the rest of the U.S. put together. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's not, but it's really cool. Uh, so I wanted to talk a little bit about some of that. So we actually went to Seattle first um, and we went to Pike's Market in Seattle. Um, and I would like to get uh, some some contrast because we talk about our farmer's market all the time. And when we had Allison on, we talked to Allison about Pike's Market. She'll be back in a couple weeks. Awesome. Uh, and Let's talk about the fall market? Uh, no, to eat local week. Oh, it's in a couple weeks. Cool. Which is a fantastic week. Um, but it's I'd better like- than Shark Week, we know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was the only thing that came on TV in the the... Stupid condo, and that's and the guys insisted on sitting there watching it twenty four seven. When we weren't busy walking our asses off around Seattle, uh, so anyway, I wanted to get particularly from you two because um, you have you ever been to Pike's Market, Jess? I've never been to Washington, so I, I'd like that to, was my first time too. I'd like to hear from you two what your thoughts are in terms of the differences, the the good, the bad, and and the indifferent 
between Pike's Market and our farmer's market. Because I, I absolutely love our farmer's market. And Pike's Market's probably, in the world of farmer's markets, probably the most famous in the country. Um, but ours gets a lot of recognition nationally. So I'd, I'd like to hear what your thoughts are on, on the differences. Well, it's way bigger, for sure. Way bigger, definitely. Um, and it's permanent since it's in... Permanence. Mostly inside. There are some vendors... Some outside stalls. ...on the outside, but primarily it's inside. Um, ad- advantages to that, it's open seven days a week. So if you are lucky enough to be a vendor at that market, it's every day. I would assume it's... Every- you have like a permanent stand, and it's basically every day. Um a lot of variety, a lot of stuff to choose from. What's like, going on over here, Jess? Look like you were. There's a baby sh- spider right there. What? More spiders. Fucking kill it. It's right there. Yeah, Don't hang spiders. it on your fingers. Kill that son of a bitch. Don't bring it over here. <laughs> Smash it with your hands. No, I don't want spiders in my house. Don't put it on the carpet. I'm not. She's like. She was like, hold, you got, those of you that can't see this because this is podcast land. She was holding her fingers up. to smash it on the carpet. She was holding her fingers up and it looked to me the way she was doing it like she was aiming a gat at Jeremy sideways. (laughs) And that's why I was like, what the hell? Are you like going to shoot him or are you going to shoot him with your imaginary gat? I mean, your ceiling's got an infestation. You should have seen the inside of that booby light. I'm pretty sure it's because the cats haven't been down here because Chris hasn't been down here. Man, this sucks. I might actually have to get a. I don't want them to spray in the house, though, with the cats. Anyway, um, so, yeah, much bigger. Much bigger. The, the one, well, the, the, the one thing that I didn't like, and it's probably a good thing for the market, it was so packed, like claustrophobic. And we heard that, like, people saying, Oh, yeah, this isn't bad. bad. It was like, sh- there were some parts, like, when we went through the flower section, it got so... Packed. I had to walk out. I'm like, I can't. I couldn't either. I was I, it was really cool to see tons and tons and tons of people walking around with fresh, fresh flowers, though, because the flowers were so and cheap super and cheap. beautiful, like and, absolutely gorgeous. And bees, even on the gum wall, that was weird. Oh, yeah, there were bees on the gum wall. <laughs> All over the gum wall. All over the gum and, wall. And in the flowers. So there were definitely there were definitely a lot of beehives around. Um, but I thought it was cool. But yeah, it was way too packed for it was, me. It was, it was really cool. Which, once again, I, that's good for them. That's what you want. If you're running a market, you want it shoulder to shoulder, elbow to elbow. But but like the cheese place, man, how long did you guys wait? At Beachman's? Yeah. Not very long, actually. The huge crowd out of outside of Beachman's was primarily because they were in the middle of of draining the way out of one of their because they make the cheese there as well and, and they were draining the way it's a big fishbowl meaning you can stand there and watch them yep and they these huge bathtub things and they were, they were actually making the cheese while we were there they're so actually really cool like packing and cutting the cheese out of, out of the way it was really cool so and and uh, big i mean it's it is big it's multiple city blocks it's it it didn't seem big we because didn't, it's just so... We didn't even go through the whole thing. Compact. But it is all in one row. So whereas ours is all the way around Pioneer Park... It's like L-shape. Theirs is, yeah, like one long row and then a little end, a little L at the end. But that whole area is just always super busy. We did get warned not to go there. We did see him throw the fish. That was kind of cool. I thought that was stupid. I was fish. expecting something way cooler of a spectacle than what I saw, <laughs> and it was really them just chucking fish for the crowd. They weren't actually filling orders. They threw the same fish back and forth like ten fucking times and did nothing with it. And I'm like, come on, it's not that like that's not that cool. And then I was like, oh shit, they could ship to my house. Oh, but I'm going on a cruise for seven days. <laughs> the lady behind us with her 
dried fruit and dried. She was hilarious. Oh, she was, was great. Awesome. We took a picture with her, the ladies and I, because she was so fun. She was hilarious. I still have some pineapple. But they left. did have some stuff that we don't have. Like they had a really great spice shop. Yes. Um, that had a lot of spices and all kinds of. Chris is trying to dig something out of a sack. Cooking right now. spices, teas. Yeah. And so we got we got Jess a whole bunch of teas, a bunch of handmade teas from the market, and a tea oh, tin and a little tea tin to put it in. Although I don't think you can stick them all in that tin at the same time. You might not want to. You might want to keep them separate. (laughs) Um, But there was a big sampler, because they had a million different teas, and we were trying to think of a good one for Jess. So instead, we got a big sampler pack of homemade teas from Homemade. I I think that, isn't that where Jody got all those chai teas that she was making? Yeah, like the thousand (laughs) chai that she'd been making all week. So funny. She's never had tea. And then she's like, it's really weird. The longer you leave the bag in, the stronger it gets. We're like... (laughs) Yeah, yeah that's sweetheart. How <laughs> <laughs> so, but she started it because of the buzzed the chai latte that I get from Buzzed. I gave her a taste of it when we when I took her to the market, and she was so in love with it. She's been trying to recreate the flavor. You'll have to let us know how those are, Jess. They had some samples there that were really good. Okay, thank uh, you. You are welcome. You're welcome. And I, I don't know. The market was like a mix of, like they had basically a big giant Caputo's there. Mm-hmm. With like a, an amazing oh, yeah. selection of fresh deli meats and got all the, kinds what of is cheeses, it called? Um, the, a charcuterie co. Yes, mm-hmm. that was um, really good. I call a bunch it the of, sampler, but a bunch of like Italian import olives and stuff like that. So it was like there was a Caputo's on the end, but the the actual market market itself, the fruit and vegetables looked so amazing, and it was really disappointing not to get any of them Those because tomatoes we were there and for the day. Were huge. So anyway, uh, that was cool. So so when, hopefully, we get ours in a more permanent location, which I know that's what they're working towards, hopefully we can be more like that in that it's a permanent structure. The nice thing with it being 90% inside is if the weather's bad, it, they don't cancel. It, it, yeah, they can just shut those back windows if yeah. they need to and not have the outside vendors. And it rains in Seattle all the damn time. So we were fortunate it didn't rain the entire time we were there or in Alaska, basically. Well, and in one of the towns, I don't, I think it was Juneau, I think, one of the ladies at one of the shops we were talking to said that they broke the rec, the all time record. It's for the hottest temperature in 140 years. It's been on the news for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Like so, the last month, actually. And even, even most people we walked into, walk, walked into, and even people on the ship were like, you guys, this never, ever, ever happens where you hit every single stop and the weather's good. Because even when we hit Victoria, it had rained all day, but it stopped Stop. by and the it time was, we got there. It was jacket weather, but then again, it was 7, we got there at 7 o'clock at night and we're there till 11. So jacket weather, but it was still unseasonably warm. So I wanted to... I wanted to compare to... I don't want to compare Alaska to Utah because that uh, on the whole is... <laughs> That's a rough comparison because they're just so vastly different. Um, but I did want to compare mountains because the one thing that um, I don't know if people think of this when they think of Alaska and its rugged terrain, but Alaska's full of mountains. It's a giant mountain range. It's it's I don't know what fucking range it is that goes up there, but that's part it of the Rockies. To right? the Rockies, yeah. I mean, it's not called the Rockies up there, but it's basically yeah. It's, it's connected to the same string of mountains, and there's a bunch of ranges. Um, but I, I was curious what your guys' thoughts were on the differences. So I'll give you an example. One of the things that struck me is they seemed so insanely immense. 
but we were at sea level. And that's one of the things that I started to talk to Bree about, like, cause we, cause Bree and I, when we got home on Sunday, we packed a car and drove Monday to St. George. And so we drove through all of Utah Monday, right after getting back. And one of the things I said, you know, we have mountains that are, are just as high as most of the peaks in Alaska, but they don't seem that high. They're not that intense because we're already four and a half thousand, five thousand feet up, depending on where you're at around the valley, or if you go up in a park city. But in Alaska, you're at sea level. So those seven thousand, seventy five hundred foot peaks are enormous looking. That's how the Dolomites in Italy felt too. Just super, super huge because you're at sea level. Well so like the tram, where was the tram? Is that you know? Uh yes. yeah, the one that you, the, the one that you guys took. So in so the so you're at sea level, obviously, at the bottom of the tram. At the top of the tram, you're at 2,500 feet. So you jump 2,500 feet that fast. So it just seems bigger because it's... It's It's like taking a gondola up to the top of Snowbird. It's so steep, and and it's not like ours, where it's more gradual. There's homes built up on it. Well, there are homes built on those, sort of. But it's it's just right there. So in the space of maybe six, 700 feet back off the the shore, you're 2,500 feet up. So it's just such a It's just a steep, steep climb out of the ocean. So it feels huge. The other They're thing kind that, of dense, too. Yeah, well, I was going to say, the other thing that I noticed is how green it is. Where our mountains have trees, this had trees and foliage, and in fact, when we were on the little gondola thingy, they said that it's a rainforest. It is. Yeah, so it's the Tongass National Forest, which is the second largest rainforest in the world. Second to the Amazon. So it is an actual rainforest. And, and that's, so it's also very humid. It, it is like 80 to 100% humidity year round there. Um, most of those coastal towns like Juneau and, and Ketchikan don't snow because yeah. it is coastal. So they don't get a lot of snow. It's mostly rain or, or yeah. really wet snow. They were um, saying in Juneau they get like maybe two inches a year of actual snow snow. Mm-hmm. So kind of a, a different climate all around. But I. The mountains were impressive. The glaciers were... It is so hard to describe the immenseness of a glacier. Because when you see them in the distance, they just seem like the snow-capped mountains. Like the top of Temp, where it doesn't really ever melt. Technically, that's probably a glacier. Although I think it all melted away at some point recently. Um, but basically, that's that's what a glacier is, more or less. Right? It's ice that sticks around year-round, doesn't melt all the way ever, uh, and grows or shrinks. Um and they're all shrinking, by the way, in Alaska. The Mendenhall Glacier in Juneau, which is one of the more famous ones because it's so close to Juneau and so easy to get to, um, is is shrinking anywhere between 150 and 300 feet a year right now. Um, and we got to hike it. And it is really hard to describe the immenseness of this glacier. Um, the best I could do is I have a video of us flying in on a, in a helicopter over top of it at 500 miles an hour, or excuse me, 150 miles an hour. <laughs> but we're probably we're probably like 500 plus feet up in the air above it, maybe a thousand. Um, and it doesn't seem like we're moving. And you see how small the shadow of the it helicopter is. Seems like we're is. like walking. It is just immense. And so you're passing this big white nothingness, and there's nothing to compare it to. There's no trees on the glacier. There's no people on the glacier. Please don't pound on the desk. Sorry. There's so there's no size yeah, things to there's nothing however the the pitch you took with the little base camp tent yeah the panoramic looks like a tiny little dot in the middle of the picture so the last thing i'll talk about uh alaska um and then i'll stop is i'm engaged now to my wife <laughs> 
So I was able to actually ask Bree to marry me uh, up on the glacier. It was a really... Whose phone's buzzing on the table? Uh, I was able to ask her to marry me. Um, she said yes, so I let her have the ring. Um, we're not really married, even though we call each other husband and wife. Um, but uh, for all intents and purposes, we are. So, And she said yes. That's, I just said that. That's oh. why she has the ring. I wouldn't have oh, given her the ring otherwise. I would have sold that shit back. There's a return policy. I would have spent a And if they too. say no policy, that's a that would be a really good idea for a, a, a ring jeweler. Uh, if they say no, we can bring it back for a full refund. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? But I bought the ring like months and months and months ago. So, um, and we will be talking, uh, incidentally, to a jewelry manufacturer, jewelry maker. I wouldn't call him a manufacturer. Jewelry designer? Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Jeweler? Well, we'll be talking to him a little bit later today. Um, but uh, I think now I can ask Jess if she has any events. You think? I I mean, I just <laughs> asked it, so I guess I, I just did it. I don't think. <laughs> Um, well, first thing this weekend is Utah Beer Festival at the um, fairgrounds. So, um, do you want to rattle off the thirty-six brewers in like ten seconds again? Do you want me to? No, you don't have to. We did it for like the last two weeks. It's a lot. My list is there's about three dozen local brewers plus a whole bunch from out of state. Yeah, but we don't care about those. Not really. Not really. Utah has so many amazing ones, so I don't know why you wouldn't want to just go try those. Yeah, so. and my guess is you haven't tried every beer in the state of Utah. We haven't? Yeah, because there's some all the way from Moab clear up to Ogden. so Down to St. George. And we just and, had a couple open up like within the last couple months, right? Um, like the last six months, yeah. Even clear out to Vernal. So, you know, if the FLDS made beer, there'd be beer winners down there, <laughs> but they don't awesome. drink. Um, also, this weekend, the grand opening of the Krishna Temple in Salt Lake City. Uh, and I only wrote down a c- couple other events. Um, hold on a second, because I'm not prepared. <laughs> I always do uh, uh, 24th is the Front Row Film Roast is doing 10 Things I Hate About You <laughs> at Ruby's. Oh, my gosh. That'll be great. At the Ogden Ruby's or at the one Just here? Just a regular one in Salt Lake. Oh, so that would be super fun. And it's not very expensive at all to go. So... Um, also, I didn't want to talk about it too far out, but now that we're like just less than a month, Vanex is uh, happening again at the beginning of September. What? Guess what? They just announced Lee Majors. <laughs> That's I don't awesome. know why I was really excited about it. I would never meet him. But I mean, <laughs> these things they have like Kiefer Sutherland and Christina Ricci. They're bringing Tom Holland this time. Like, Tom Holland's cool. It's pretty. Who's, who's the person that you mentioned? Lee Majors. You million Dollar Lee Man. Majors is? You didn't watch The Million Dollar Man? <laughs> when we were kids, that TV show. The like, Million Dollar Man. And Lindsay Wagner is coming to I know what The Million Dollar Man is. I don't yeah, know who Lee Majors, Majors is. He's okay. The Million Dollar anyway, Man. so they also announced Hayden Christensen from Star Wars as well as Ian McDermott. Daddy, I love Daddy. <laughs> I'm a terrible actor because of you, Padme. I still need to get my tickets. Fuck, he's a horrible actor. Or if someone wants to get me tickets, that'd be nice. I bet I have one that you can convert at least and save some money. Do you have a Thursday one? I think so. I'll look. Because we got... The, the usual, the usual. And that's what I've just, I, I've won my last like few years, <laughs> few events, and then I've just upgraded, but I'm being a slacker because I've been doing other things with my dinero. So I'll, I'll, um, look, I'll look, remind me when we're done and I'll look at it. Okay. Uh, um, also, it's that time of year again. 
City Weekly's Best Of, it's time to vote. So I'll, I haven't posted a link yet because I didn't want to post it right away. You have till middle of September. Is it really to that vote time for again? us? It is. Yep. It is. But you need to go vote for us as your favorite podcast. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if we can really ever actually beat editor's pick, but it still would be pretty awesome. Yeah, editor's pick of the best best. And I know people podcast. have already voted for us, so that's really nice that, that they did that. Uh, so. But keep keep voting for us because we really appreciate it. Um, um, also, my photo is going viral again <laughs> i've had two the people coots, tag me yeah i've had life. two people tag me is this your photo which one the old coots at the farmer's uh, market uh, uh, that i they took have last a podcast year now. well they do but there's tons of pictures of them now because they've been on yeah but tons yours of news organizations but yours is such a good picture it's just very specific like anyway so i've had two people tag me in the last like 12 hours being like is this your photo and one of them was in iowa so that was funny <laughs> <laughs> Um, and also, my cousin's little boy ch- cut his little sister's hair while she was sleeping oh, no. last night. So that happened. That That's is awesome. events. That is events. awesome. Uh, you forgot one, and I'm not going to let you continue to forget it. Uh, Utah State Fair is September 5th through the 15th. You do know our it's fair coming is a pretty, up. Great, it's, pretty great fair. It's the great Utah State Fair, um, and it is September 5th through the 15th, uh, so it's just a few weeks away. Jess, I wasn't kidding. I started designs today for our cake. You did not. I did, too. I have a PowerPoint lo- slide layout <laughs> with a top-down you view. You have to present this to me before and, I And I'm going to do, I was I was hoping to have enough time to build like a side view, but it's it's going to be the you state. You do know this means you'd have to spend time with me, right? Yeah, that's fine. So it's the state, <laughs> and then there's a beehive on it, and the beehive takes up a huge chunk of the state, but the beehive is a 3D thing. So there's the state is like a flat sheet cake cut, cut in the shape of Utah, and then there's a beehive that's built up. I'm trying to figure out how to do either the microphone or do headphones. I like the idea of the microphone because it's our in our logo, but I think that we could do it three-dimensional. I just don't know. I, I suck at art. And I don't know how we would really get the microphone um, because I really like the old timey style microphone. Rice crispy treats. If only Jess knew how to do that. <laughs> Wait a minute, she does. I know she does. I know I have my first cake this week in like months. So, so, so this could be that's a warm up to doing this cake. <laughs> Is it going to say New Utah Podcast? Yeah, it'll have to say our name. We on have it. to Wait. go on their website and see what the rules and regulations are this Screw year. Screw the rules. Okay. Uh, no. Oh, sorry. I want to fucking win, <laughs> Jeremy. I want to win this contest. What if you get honorable mention? That That is good enough because they will have to say the New Utah podcast oh, is an honorable each. mention. And we would have pictures of a cake dedicated to us, and we, regardless of if we made it or not. We could put it on the wall. Or, no, we're not putting the cake on the wall, Jeremy. Oh, not the wall. That would not be a good idea. Even though they lacquer them, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> you know the cats. I've never brought it. You want ants? Home. That's how you get oh, ants. Yeah. ants. They lacquer everything. So, because I've competed in like all of the candies too, I'm an award-winning candy maker and cake maker. I like how their website's um, so fucking out of date. It says buy now before prices increase on July 15th. They haven't updated it yet. <laughs> it's fucking August 15th. July 15th, oh. 2012. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, they lacquer everything. They eat like you. You have to each category. You have to put a certain amount guys, of like each thing. Foreigner. That would be a good show. Foreigner. I saw Weird Al at the State Fair. Foreigner's terrible. <laughs> I wanna know what love is. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even keep a straight face when you say that. <laughs> All right, so I'm not kidding about this. I'm not letting it go. We're gonna do it. You only got a little bit of time, but it would be cool. All right, you want to talk about some news? 
Sure. So two weeks ago, Bree, in the middle of the podcast, I kind of dismissed her. She talked about some breaking news with RSL uh, about Mike Petke getting suspended. Do you want me to get the news out? Uh, no, it's not breaking news anymore. Um, there's it's been still some... kind of like 24-hour news, though. Uh, well, it's like going to be the next few, next few fucking weeks and maybe into months. And we'll see what happens because there's a lawsuit that's probably coming. Um, so I will... I will lay it out as best I can for everyone. So a few weeks ago, uh, RSL participated in a competition with Liga MX called the Leagues Cup, which is basically everyone thinks just another cash grab for MLS. uh, Uh, You said that, by the way. I did. And (laughs) pretty much everyone else agrees, um, with the exception of the league and the It's okay to have... But anyway... Um, it's a it's a, a competition between MLS and the Mexican uh, top league, um, and the MLS teams were told to take it seriously. It's going to be a long term competition. Take it seriously. It's a chance for a trophy, regardless of how good the competition is now. It's something that's going to grow. Um, so at the end of the game, some some not great officiating happened, but whatever. That's that's every game. Uh, Mike Petke goes out on the field. It looks like to pull his players off. Uh, then you can see in replays that he is calling the ref a fucking puto. Um, and that is, if you are not aware of that term, it's something that MLS has, has taken a hardline stance to eradicate out of chance. So it used to be at the uh, end of a goal kick, uh, all the fans in a stadium would yell puto. Uh, puto is, depending on the country you are from in Latin America, roughly it means male prostitute or it's another slang, uh, a slur for a gay person, um, similar to calling someone a fag in the United States. has the same connotations. Uh, it's a very hateful and hurtful word, and this official was from a Latin American country, and there's no doubt in my mind that uh, it was meant as a hurtful, uh, as a hurtful term. So anyway, uh, what doesn't come out immediately is what happened after that. So the official gives him a red card on the field, on camera, um, you can see him continuing to yell it at the official. He leaves the field. This is after the game is over, by the way. He leaves the field. Turns out, it sounds like he wrote a note to the official and sent it to the official's uh, changing room, calling him an effing puto. And then, and I'm... I can't pick and choose your well, swears. Uh, you know, the, the one thing that bothers me through all of this is no one would say the words. They would all allude oh, yeah, to people them. Ha- and people had to like go on message boards to find out what yeah, he actually said. Just, just fucking print what it was. It's a terrible term. People need to know what that term is and, and awareness needs to when be When you're raised. saying it, when you're reporting it, it's not like you're calling someone that. Yes, and you're reporting what was said. It's also uh, alleged that he he basically made a poster, which he was standing there with uh, in in the the hallways after the game. I don't know which of those things were true. Very clearly, something happened after the the everyone went back to the locker room. Something happened with the the same terms uh, that were delivered to the officials in some form of writing. That is unacceptable for anyone. And this is especially off, as inclusive as soccer is like they constantly are playing every single game. There's you know, a public service it's for everybody. And they're they They have the women's teams and the men's teams and the flags and all they, of the stuff. So every single game, every single broadcast, almost every single video on MLS has a PSA of don't cross the line where coaches and players from the different leagues um, that, that MLS is a part of the, the, the women's league USL uh, famous players and coaches 
all talking about not crossing the line, about being inclusive, about not being bigoted. And on the back of Pride Month and him and, and Pat Key speaking so publicly about his support for LGBTQ community and, and their rights for that to, to happen is is really inexcusable. So the league does an investigation, finds him $25,000, suspends him for three games. Um, the, the league's cup that we were participating in says that he will be suspended from some of their games as well. Uh, RSL decides to uh, take additional steps and does a two-week suspension with no contact to the to the, to the organization or the players uh, without pay for Petkey. Um, so he was supposed to come back Monday. He was supposed to come back yesterday, uh, Monday the twelfth. Yeah, Monday the twelfth of August. On Sunday, uh, Sunday at ten thirty, um, the uh, team announced. Uh, 10.30 Eastern, 8.30 our time. Uh, the team announced um, via Twitter and a press release that uh, Mike Petke was fired. No longer with the team. And then they won. Well, <laughs> so they had won before that. Um, and Freddy Juarez has been the interim coach for the last three games. Um, this was basically the end of Petke's suspension. So there was some video that came out. Um, some fans that were talking to Deloy Hansen, the owner of RSL, um, about Petke and whether or not he was going to fire them. And he said, you know, I, I don't know that his numbers were right. They're probably just off the cuff. But he said, you know, I talked to millennials. He said 90% of them are saying that we should fire Petke and 90% of the older fans are saying we should keep him. Um, but I think where it really came down to is a lot of sponsors. Uh, I, the numbers I've read and heard from the various soccer stuff that I watch and listen to and read uh, suggested as many as 13 or 14 sponsors, big sponsors, were threatening to pull all of their advertising in every form from the team uh, if Petkey remains. And, and that just becomes too... I, I, they made it sound like there was a lot of um, input from fans as well that they there really was. took they seriously. To a lot. So that's really cool. And Deloitte Hansen, basically, what I can gather is he, he doesn't make decisions rashly or, mm -hmm. or quickly. He's very methodical uh, and calculated. And I think that um, he probably gave, uh, it sounds like they gave Petke the option to resign. If Petke would have resigned, he could have walked away with some of his contract. Um, it would have been the right thing for him to do, probably. He didn't say anything uh, during that two weeks publicly at all uh, about this. Um, uh, but they fired him. Uh, and now it sounds like, because he wouldn't resign, uh, and now it sounds like um, there's a pretty good chance this will end up uh, in a lawsuit that uh, it's probably in everyone's best interest to settle very quickly because I don't think the team wants that to go into a public court uh, and have emails and, and all kinds of stuff like that exposed, uh, which is what that kind of case creates. Um, but it's essentially like a breach of contract lawsuit. Uh, so some settlement will come of this. It's not over. Uh, Petke released a long statement today. Um, for now, Freddie Juarez is going to be interim head coach. He's been with RSL for basically since the beginning. Uh, he ran our academy. You're saying this is a really great opportunity for him to move up because it's not very often that people get the opportunity. So he ran our academy for a while. He was the head coach of the Monarchs for a little while. Uh, he's been the assistant coach under Petke for uh, a couple of years uh, with RSL. Um, most of these kids were, were one of the youngest teams in the league. Uh, we play some of the most, I think we do have the most homegrown players playing, which means kids that came through our academy system playing for our team. Which we talked about before, which is uh, awesome. Um, and he trained most of those kids in the academy. 
uh, and has brought them through the system. So he knows them all very well. So we'll see. He's going to have the rest of the year. Uh, I think his performance for the rest of the year and the team's performance will have a big impact. Uh, but Pecky's out of a job. Uh, it's not the last we've heard of it. It's a pretty big deal. Uh, Deloitte Hansen, if you're interested, did a really uh, a nice long-form interview on KUTV last night, I think. Um, and it's it's out there if you go to KUTV's site and just look at their sports section, you'll, you'll see it. Um, it's, a, it's a telling interview. Um, he talked about something I was not aware of. RSL actually is a big sponsor of a referee training program here, uh, and they actually focus on um, essentially juvenile delinquents uh, to try and get them some skills, um, and a lot of it is coping with conflict and stuff like that as part of the the refereeing program. Uh, they donate a lot of money uh, based on like sales from, from things like Shields uh, and the license plates. $18 out of every one of those license plate fees goes to the fund that program, so as big supporters of referee training and conflict resolution, this is another piece that was... You said game. referee training. At first, I thought you meant, like, referees of the game, training referees. And then when you said juvenile delinquents, I thought, oh, boy, maybe that explains why the referees suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, the league the, the league and soccer in general, especially in the U.S., needs needs better officials. And and you don't get them by not training them. Um, right. So, so that, it's a big deal. And I didn't realize RSL did that. But, but it's uh, I mean, there's some core values there that uh, Pat Key clearly... And this isn't the well, first time. Well, he has some anger management issues. This is the third time in three years he's been suspended by the league for um, blowing up on officials, essentially. Hmm. So, um, first time is endearing to the team because he's got the teams back. The rest of the times, you need to show some professionalism as, as a head coach of a major organization. Um, you shouldn't be doing that kind of thing. So, it's a shame, uh, but it is what it is. So. Do you know what else is a shame? No. They took down the Rio Grande sign. Oh, I saw yeah. That. I knew that was happening. Um, well, they announced it. I guess it's had a lot of mechanical problems, but they're going to be replacing it with a sign that you can see from both downtown and the freeway now. So double-sided then? Uh, yeah. But they don't know what they're doing with the sign yet. I just think it's a, it's a bummer. They should hang it inside. Oh, yeah. That'd be cool. That'd be really cool. There's that places would be ginormous in there. It is big, but I think there's places they like can do it. Like from the ceiling? Yeah. Or, like that, the ceiling. or like when you first walk in in the grand ballroom, that back wall maybe. I don't know if there's enough room with the windows, but it's long enough. I feel like the sign's enough. much bigger than maybe we anticipated. Probably. <laughs> I, that saw, building. I saw those pictures of it on the street. It is pretty damn big. Yeah. Maybe they could just lay it on the ground and make some sort of art installation in front that of the building. That would be really cool. Yeah. Like, like and lay it into like cement or yeah, something? Yeah, like on the, be in, way the cool. front, in the front. Or make like, it a banquet table, put a glass top over it. Like a big Pour some resin table. into Just it. Just upcycle it. There you go. Upcycle. Right? Is that what they call that shit? That's what the kids call it these yep. days. Upcycling the Rio Grande sign. Um, <laughs> what else? There's a few other things we can talk about, right? Well, yeah, there's tons. We can talk about the new DABC app that was announced a couple weeks ago yeah uh so there's gonna be a new app um that they're funding um it's been an interesting proposition because the abc is not allowed to advertise alcohol um but the way they're getting away with this app is basically they're saying it's the same information that's already publicly available on our website just in a more usable fashion so um, it makes it so you can if you're looking for something particular correct you can put in what you're looking for and it'll tell you if they've got it 
And if so, what See, store? Right, store? and you can do that on the website now, but you just have to like know where to go look. Yeah, for that. and you have to and you have to dig. Like the search function is really difficult. You actually kind of have to dig through. It'll also tell you when stuff's on sale. It'll tell you what the normal price is, what the what the price is that the the liquor store selling it for. And you can also enter to win the not lottery which for th- rare whisk for for rare liquors. <laughs> which I which I think is probably the biggest thing there. Yeah, uh, the not lottery. The That's not a lottery. good way of putting it. Um, nice. There's a raffle. The 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 free raffle, the chance to win, the chance to buy. Isn't that like the they when they get? I think we've talked about it before, but the like the the Pappy Van Winkle when yeah. they get the, mm-hmm. the that's exactly what, yeah, yeah the, the exactly. rare bottles of that. Then you you have the opportunity. So that instead of being a guy that knows the dude working at the so DABC they're doing that one, and I think in. they're doing Eagles Rare right now. Yeah. If I remember correctly. And there's, there, there's a couple. There's, um, so if you are interested in those mm-hmm. those small batch uh, specialty items, go out to the DABC site and, and register uh, mm-hmm. for the not lottery. Do they, I know this may not sound lottery. like a funny question, but the, do they take requests? Like, can you go to the DABC and say, hey, I'd really like it if you carried something? Yeah, and, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes yep. they'll special order stuff for you. Yeah. They, they do special orders, but you have to go talk to them. And you usually have to go to the... You, you can't just go to any of the stores. You have to go to usually one of the wine stores or one of the specialty stores, like that one downtown in the avenues. Speaking of wine and beer, you guys, guess what? The Shake Shack has wine and beer. Are you serious? Yeah, and they carry a local beer, so they're carrying Moab Brewery. Yeah. Sweet. Is there still a line like 16 miles long to get into it? I was only in line for 22 minutes today. <laughs> <laughs> Only in line at a fast food well, place. I thought it was going to be much longer, minutes. and then it took like three minutes to get my food. So, like, and was it good? That, I was going to say that's oh the my gosh, big question. I love their portobello burger. It's so good. And they so every Shake Shack makes like uh, an ice the, the concrete. So, like, if you go to Nelson's Frozen Custard here mm-hmm. in Utah, you know what a concrete is. But it's fucking delicious. Um, <laughs> but so Shake Shack does one for each state. Like, so the one that we have here, you won't get in. Is it honey Vegas and lavender or, with some essential oil? <laughs> honey and lavender is good that. no but it has peppermint extract so uh, no it's actually um grasshopper no it's sea salt Ugh, right <laughs> <laughs> that is very utah anyways no it was sea salt marshmallow shortbread um How is that a utah I, it's just a concoction that they made for utah i don't know so anyways it was good though i don't Sweet, usually eat ice cream and so a worthless cookie it was good in it though <laughs> That's what I, I don't just really heard. like shortbread either. Except for when you're in Scotland and you go to Elgin where they make shortbread and the whole town smells like butter cookie. That's cool. The, they still just have the one, right, in Utah County? Yes. Yes. The shack? No, it's actually on 110 South and State Street. Shake oh. shack, baby. The shake shack. It's the old school that's on State yeah, Street. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, okay. Uh, I don't. Our guest is not here yet. Yeah. No. No, he said he was on his way. Okay. So uh, we'll talk about a couple other things since Jeremy did something. Yay. Um, and I think we'll reserve the other article just for next week. Because <laughs> I really, I my, liked it a my lot. My friend from Iowa just said, you should have stamped your name on the picture. I was like, I didn't know it was going to go viral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. But that was like two years ago you took that That was picture. last summer. Was it last summer? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we had an old-fashioned jewelry heist happen up in Park City recently. I hope they played banjo music while they what? were doing it. <laughs> so basically, <laughs> what, how many How many was the total, they think? Seven. Seven people plus, does that include the girl that called 911 to distract them? So here's the thing. There are a lot of jewelry stores on Main Street in Park City. So I wonder like how they chose but who. It is as many as in Alaska. Holy crap. Oh my God. Fucking Juno was like nothing but 
And those Jewelry people stores. were intense trying to get you to come. Oh yeah, in. dude, they were. There were a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so basically, someone calls nine one one. Uh, reports of false emergency somewhere to draw uh, emergency responders away from uh, Main Street in Park City where the jewelry shops are and a whole bunch of people steal a bunch of jewelry, like brazenly just steal a bunch of jewelry. About $83,000 worth of jewelry. Which, I mean, realistically, not that much. In jewelry. Yeah, it's hard to say because they're... Because, like, like if you go to, like, okay, let's say you go to Diamonds Direct, which probably a little more difficult to steal from there, the, the security doors and stuff like that. But uh, their average ring in their case is probably somewhere around 3000 2000 without a diamond in it. And then if you manage to grab diamonds. so But the jewelry stores, that just tells you, in Park City are mostly, like, silver and cubic zirconians. But $83,000 could have been six rings. Could have been 60 rings. They don't really save. They're still missing half of it, though. Still $50,000 yeah. missing. I've but, seen those jewelry shops when I go to Sundance. There's some There's some really nice pretty stuff. Amazing so I don't know how there. they chose what to steal, but they stole a bunch. Most of the arrests so far have been from people trying to fence it, trying to sell it. Mm. But they, so there was, what, 14 people arrested, seven people arrested already? Mm. I don't know. But they're still yeah. missing, like, half the jewelry. So good old-fashioned jewelry heist. And then also uh, in Utah, um, apparently there is a rare uh, gem that can only be found in the state of Utah. In your beaver. No. County. No, Jeremy. Not in your beaver. Beaver is not a county. (laughs) Yeah, it's not a county. It's a city or a little town. Beaver's a county. This article says Beaver County. No. Rare red emeralds. It's not in your beaver, though, Jeremy. County. In your beaver county. County. Rare red emeralds in beavers. Uh yeah. The red I can't say that right. Burial, B E R Y L Barrel. Barrel is the holy grail for rock hounds and mineral collectors. Hmm. It's better than Jade. Um it's actually really fucking expensive. It's um okay, so they've only cut uh less than sixty thousand carats worth of it um into jewels. And um, there's only one of these emeralds found for every 150,000 diamonds that are found. That gives you an idea in terms of rarity. It's worth more than a hundred or a thousand times its weight in gold. So it's an incredibly rare red emerald. Super cool how they're formed, though, because of lava rock. Yeah, and a specific temperature yeah. and time, and that's why they're only found here. Which is really interesting. Because a lot of Utah, way, way back, was uh, volcanic. Like, a big chunk of southern Utah was uh, uh, back in the dinosaurs' time. And there's very few of them larger than a carrot in size. Let's go rock counting. It says a top top quality one carat stone wholesales for about 8,000. Largest ever cut, four carats. Just a little over four carats. Um, and then there's, of course, like the Star of Africa by comparison, which is 530 carats. And actually, we saw, was it some sort of topaz that was like the second largest one in the world? In the world, yeah. And that was like 60,000. It was an opal, like 60,000 carats or something. Mm-hmm, something like that. Just a huge fucking opal. Beautiful stone in the wall of some jewelry store in Ketchikan. Yep. With a bunch of garbage. <laughs> I will say this, though. Ketchikan, in terms of souvenirs, 
uh, was the best for the shopping and souvenirs because they had the most handmade shit there that was actually authentic handmade stuff. Not the same made in China handmade garbage. <sighs> yeah, not the shot glasses. Someone is at our front door. All right, tonight we have the uh, the pleasure. I, why do I always say tonight? Because could, we're recording at night. Yeah, but people probably don't listen to this at like seven o'clock at night. You or don't know. At night. Then you can be like this episode. I, I kind of listen to podcasts. Maybe people really? are like, I need, yeah. I need to go to sleep. I need something mindless. <laughs> so turn that right on. That that other voice is is our guest. That is why the <laughs> door uh, was being answered, and it is. Uh, I didn't ask how to say your name, so I'm going to see if I get it right. Go Patrick for it. Adair. Yes. Who is a uh, a local jeweler, um, jewelry designer, jewelry creator? I don't. know. What do you call yourself, Patrick? Besides I don't know. human, make rings, like YouTube videos. Make <laughs> Patrick rings. Adair make rings. Yes. Write that down. Jack Patrick Adair make rings. <laughs> Patrick Adair make rings dot com. Do you no have that URL? Not. I do not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go go to. Go daddy right now. <laughs> Just once. You want to buy it? <laughs> Probably not. Patrick Adair make rings. Go for it. Uh, so Patrick, um, look, how do you get into making rings? It was more I wanted to get into like selling things online, and I found that carbon fiber was pretty like trendy at the time, and so I started with carbon fiber. I was like, people seem to like this. This is like a cool product, and what can I make out of it? And so I did a couple of things. There's like like a wallet I tried, which was a little too complicated for me at the time. I had like almost no tools or much experience at all. And so I just started simple with a circle that was polished. <laughs> and so... Uh, You're just trying to sell black carbon fiber discs online? Pretty much. I'm wearing one right now, actually. It's just a pure carbon fiber ring. They actually make, you know, all these years later, this is the ring that I wear on like a daily basis. Wow. You say all these are la- nice. years later. How long is all these mm, years? Three not not that many years, but uh, for me, well, what was that? Twenty fifteen. About four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. So Bree is. That's not gonna fit your finger. Yeah. <laughs> I put this. Nope, nice. doesn't even Almost. go over the pinky. I've got weirdly skinny fingers, and then like grossly knobby knuckles. It's weird. That I mean, that's okay. I just I asked Bree to marry me. Her ring size. On Wednesday. Guess without looking at her hands. Guess what her ring size is. Oh, he has I, to be serious. I don't know. Put your hands down. <clears throat> How about if I do well, this? What do you think? You can look at her hands. Seven? Like a five. I just lost your ring. Five? I'm sorry. Keep guessing. You just said a three. It's a three and a half. <laughs> three and a half? Like, that ring is so small. Excuse I was me. Li- I was like, when wow. I, I got it like six months ago, right? Mm-hmm. And I just barely asked her last week. Oh, and the week before Thank we you. left on vacation, I went to my daughter. He had a panic attack. And I said, you have to try this on because... I think it's too small. And I know we sized the ring finger. I'm like, this has got to be too small because it's so damn tiny. That's, yeah, it's puny. <laughs> nope, it's perfect fit. That's it's exactly crazy. the right size. It is It is insane to me. I was that like, oh my God, is this is wild. tiny. So uh, anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. And you definitely did not design that ring. Um, <laughs> not. So what... Uh, let's take a I step back. I kind of designed this ring. We should take a step back. How'd your parents have sex? <laughs> Wait, what? So, Stop. <laughs> what Jeremy likes conception how. questions. Well, I wish, I, wish I could tell you. <laughs> no, you don't. That's creepy. Well, I, I really don't. <laughs> Where are you from? Let's go with that. Bountiful, Utah. <gasps> Bountiful. I was born in Bountiful. My parents lived in Hong Kong before that. Whoa. Oh, cool. They they were like raised in like Bountiful. Northern were you conceived Utah in Hong area. Kong? No. 
My older brother was. So he's got dual we, citizenship? Yeah, he was born in Hong Kong. Oh, wow. I don't know oh. how it works, but yeah, he was like born and everything. Um, but yeah, then they moved back here to like what settle down more. in Hong Kong? All sorts of just crazy, just like, my dad really liked China for like a lot of opportunity going on, like this huge market that was kind of exploding and innovating. So guessing they're steering clear of Hong Kong right now. Probably, yeah. <laughs> That's a good advice to anyone. If Even you've been if watching you any to. semblance of news, you can't really get there because the airport uh, is closed. And if you're there, you probably want to just hole up somewhere with some supplies because it is dangerous. Yeah, it's wild. I've never seen anything like it in my lifetime. It's crazy. It's fucking insane. Um, yeah. So. Born in Bountiful, moved to Hebrew. You almost said Hong Kong. Are you really a sleeper <laughs> no, agent? No, I promise. Are you, are you sure you're not some sort of Chinese communist I'm sleeper agent real... trying to take over? The, are you going to run for office? I couldn't because I was born in Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see what you did there? Uh, no. So Utah didn't fuck up your birth certificate? Lo- no, like no. no I've got a, a normal, regular old Hong He's, Kong birth certificate. Okay. <laughs> didn't burn in a fire, no... No sketchy backstory to my birth certificate. <laughs> you can still run for Senate. Good, good. Just okay. not president. Okay. I will still steer clear of all of that. It sounds like you get your uh, desire for innovation from your dad. If yes. He was in that position in Hong Kong. Yeah. He was doing, like, he started, like, a video game company that would sell controllers to, like, Toys R Us and... Stuff like that. This is like back with the Super Nintendo days. And so just like he was all about. So did you have lots of video games growing up? No, no. He sold the company. The company's called Mad Cats. I don't know if this should be. Oh, I know Mad Cats. Yeah, yeah. Mad Cats. Um, Sold it before it was really like worth anything. And then it became like big. Um, But now it doesn't probably exist anymore. No, they went bankrupt in like 2015 or something. Then they got like bailed out. And now they only do like very specific stuff is weird i looked into it recently because yeah, like, mad cats on? was huge for a while so back in the the early playstation and and xbox days mad cats was like a premiere like basically controller and, yeah. and peripheral designer for i, I saw a meme the other it was probably like a year ago but it was just like everyone remembers second player's controller on the nintendo 64 and it's like a, a picture of a Mad Cat's controller with the broken joystick and yeah, dude. Yeah. Like all that stuff. yeah, pretty much. Like that's, that's, that's how it was then. Yeah. Yeah, they get the shitty one. Yeah, um, and that's that's like it's it's true. We yeah. had we had Mad Cat's controllers too growing up that we just bought from the store and we came home. My dad's like, Oh, that's the company I started. Like, what? what? He's like, Yeah. Uh, it Family was, secrets. It was better, yeah. and then the Chinese bought it and made junk. Yep. And then, yeah, he didn't do video games after that. He apparently used to be good at Street Fighter, because that was the best game to test controllers, because it used Heck all yeah. the buttons. Heck yeah, it did. Street Fighter. I love you it. could beat the shit out of a controller with that game in no time flat. Heck yeah. So good quality I remember control. going to 7-Eleven to play that game. I was, a really? sh- I was a Shakey's Pizza Street Fighter 2 Turbo Edition champion. <laughs> My brother and I used to go. There was a Shakey's Pizza across the street from an apartment complex we lived in for like a year and a half. And we used to go over to Shakey's Pizza after school. We were like, I was probably third or fourth grade, and he's just a couple years younger than me. And we would go over there with like two bucks and quarters and just play for hours and beat everyone that challenged us because we got so good at that game. Nice. <laughs> so are you a Viking or a Brave? I don't know. You grew up in Bountiful. Oh, no, I, I moved when I was three. Oh, he was just oh. born like, in Bountiful. Excuse me? He started to say he w- he moved to Heber, but then we interrupted we him with interrupting chat. Him. Okay, I thought so, he was. I yeah. thought he was going to say that he moved to Hong Kong. No, no. So I've uh, 
I didn't go out of the country ever until like 2014. You're getting also too far ahead of yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go back to Heber. So, so Heber. raised in Heber all the way through high school, and then I went to a year of school at the U of U. Yay. And so I was in Heber, went down, lived on campus at the U, and then this was when I was in high school senior year is when I did that Kickstarter for the carbon fiber ring that I'm telling you about. Oh, so, so you were already starting to do that stuff. Yeah. School. So just kind of getting into it. I'd started like an Instagram page where I'd post because I did the Kickstarter. It was just like, I want to get a product out there. I want to learn some stuff. I knew I wanted to be carbon fiber. Rings were easy. So I did a simple page, brought in like $5,000 from it and used most of the money on either equipment or fulfilling the actual orders themselves. So just kind of like literally what Kickstarter's for to give you that kickstart that you need. So it was awesome. And then I just had ring making equipment. So I was just making rings and posting what I was doing to Instagram while I was in school. And then, uh, after that year, moved back to Heber for the summer, started doing things a little more serious with the ring stuff. And I was like, I'm going to take a semester off, see where this goes. And then it just, I could slowly built it and built it until I was like, okay, I'm going to go pretty serious with this. She's so. still living with mom and dad? No, I wish. <laughs> Move down to... <laughs> Everyone at some level wishes that they still had that luxury. Oh, yeah. I don't want to live with my mom. Mm-mm. It, it was nice in a lot of ways. Um, so I moved to Midvale. In... Home of the car dealerships. Listen a couple episodes yep, back, guys. Yep. Just down the street, I had like 14 different <laughs> Larry H. Millers. <laughs> um, what? When was that? Like... April 2017 or something. And then I was there for about a year. And then I bought a house in West Valley that had a three car garage so I could run the business out right. of it. So, so you bought a house in West Valley. You're what, like 20, 21 years old? 22, I think. 22. Buying a like house my daughter's at, age. Buying a house at 22 is an insane accomplishment for most for people. Sure. Well, thank you. It was, it was just so we could move the company to a bigger shop. So it does. So you just sense. wanted a bigger garage. Yeah. So we were doing it out of the garage of this house I was renting, where half of the garage was for the other people renting the other half of the house. Mm. And so we had a half a garage that we were running this like company out of. This. It was it was wild. So I essentially just bought the cheapest house with a three car garage that I liked, and uh, we outgrew it in like two months, and then moved to another shop. And now I have this house that. Like I like it with a three car garage. Yeah, I just I bought it for the shop, and then we moved two months. Later. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was fun. Well, you hang on to that because it'll sell for a lot of money now. No, probably. yeah, it's good. It's appreciating and all that, so no regrets at all. So and now, so now you have a full time shop space that's that's separate yes, from your residence. And we are planning on moving as soon as possible again to another. Holy cow! And so space. when you say we, how many people do you have working with you now? Uh, there's probably like. I don't know the real number, but like there's probably like 20 people if you include like some of our independent contractor ring makers and stuff. But we usually have probably like 12 to 14 people at our shop each day. Now, are they all making the same rings that you design? Or are they making some of their own rings in your so, shop space? It's all, they all, yeah, they all work for me, make the rings from my website, but only about six or seven of them do the ring making. And then a lot of it is whether it's YouTube production, website stuff photography there's just a lot of probably 50 50 behind the scenes stuff that's pretty crazy yeah that's fast early 20 year old with your own business your own house a a shop that has moved this will be your fourth time if you find a new space soon 
that's that's pretty impressive for for growth of a business. It's been wild, and it's just kind of like I don't know. Once you figure out like a formula that works, it's really easy now with the internet to just like double, you know, like double your ad budget, double the number of videos you make, and so what? Do you, what do you do with your videos? So explain that the videos, the YouTube is kind of like the heart and soul of the business, and over time, it's becoming less of and it's because we want to we don't want to have to rely on our youtube ability to have a good company um but for the most part it's kind of like the main heart of the business so every week or just whenever i will post a video designing a new ring and sometimes it's for sale sometimes it's not but essentially it's just a video that's meant first and foremost for entertainment value so i'll go out and i'll just make whatever cool ring i can think of that week and then turn it into a video. And that's where we have, if you talk about sales funnel, that's the top of the funnel. And so we've got, that's where we gather everyone, get them interested. And then the actual more businessy stuff that happens, you know, like YouTube where it's pretty lighthearted. And, you know, like we say, if you want to order this, check out the website. But for the most part, we just leave it pretty casual. And then the website, that's where we'll do stuff like gather emails and have email newsletters and stuff like that. But that's where we get people to sign up for the newsletter. We're not going to get any sales if there's zero people in there. So YouTube where every, is where everything starts. Now we do stuff like Facebook ads where we do some prospecting outside of our, like we started with retargeting, which is just mm-hmm. advertising to the people we had. So we're starting to expand beyond that because we want to diversify, but that's just kind of like the main hub of the business. And then everything kind of funnels from there. When you were like, I'm going to make carbon fiber rings, who did you imagine would be your client base? Um, just like typical Kickstarter hipster, which like I kind of aspired to be like, <laughs> never used that term before. That's we used to talk accurate. about Kickstarters all the time, but I like that. Kickstarter it's it's hipster. actually pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I just like, I see it as a place to get something. This seems like the world now is so like globalized that you know, like you go to, I just went this past week to Southern Utah to this cool, like <laughs> rock shop. And like 90% of their stuff had made in Pakistan on the bottom of it. And mm-hmm. it's just like, no matter where you go on earth, it's all the same stuff mm-hmm. for not, not, not entirely, but Kickstarter kind of has a lot of unique stuff. Got a lot of really bad stuff and stuff that doesn't <laughs> actually <laughs> materialize. Yeah. But I just thought it was really cool. And it's like, I want to make something that is new, not necessarily super new, but just like, I don't want to make rings that you can buy at Walmart. So. And all your stuff is is made here locally in Utah, then. Yes, ninety. There's there's a f- few certain things that we outsource and have other help on, but. So without giving away any trade secrets, yes. What's the process like? How do you how do you actually produce something? So, it depends on the ring, obviously. One, I'll I'll go through like three rings, I guess. Um, we do our glowstone rings, which is what we are really well known for. We've like trademarked glowstone in the jewelry segment like it's a material i invented it's nothing super crazy you can see how i do it in the videos um but essentially it's a channel ring so you start out with a ring blank that has a channel cut into it and then you fill that channel with a glowing material plus whatever else so i do amethyst gold shavings (coughs) meteorite dust diamonds you name it we probably have 30 different options on the website and so those are some of our cheaper rings and they're like the three to four hundred dollar range and those are what we sell a lot of that's just kind of like the i don't know just like a really solid like really unique ring that says patrick adair design so i think that's why it's 
one of our most common things. Um, but those are, we have employees dedicated to that. So three of our employees only make glowstone rings. And so those are kind of like its own sub thing. And then we have rings made out of solid meteorite. And so that process is a little different. It starts out with, we talk to our meteorite broker who finds us meteorites from the Arctic Circle. I want to be a meteorite broker. It's, 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 it's the coolest job title I've ever heard. <laughs> Um, so he gets these meteorites, he cuts them into slabs for us, sends them to us. We get them water jet cut into ring blanks. And then from there, we whittle them down to be like ring sized on a lathe. And then we usually reinforce them with like carbon fiber. So I've got one here that's meteorite on the outside, carbon fiber on the inside. And then we need to etch it in acid to get the cool, unique pattern that it has to show. So that one's kind of like really... Uh, not super complicated on any of the steps, just a lot of steps, a lot of different stuff to it. And then, uh, that's, that's, that's pretty typical. We do just like pure carbon fiber rings with like a glow in the dark resin liner, which pretty straightforward resin we make in house a lot. You take a two part epoxy, mix glow powders or whatever you want into it and turn it into a uh, machinable rod that you can turn into rings. That's cool. Such a such a unique niche that you find yourself in. Yeah, it's wild. I like. And these are these are all, you know, I I, I struggle to give them a gender, but they're all men's rings. Yeah, yeah. Basically, um, we try to, uh, like, target women not in a like <laughs> predatory <laughs> way. <laughs> we, no, we, no, you heard it here first, first folks. So. Patrick Air Designs targeting women. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, Would you no. say you retarget women? <laughs> yes, yes. Target and retarget. A lot of uh, fiancés buy rings mm-hmm. for men, so it's important to be able to like know how to... That's why Bree's been so interested in looking at all the rings on I her fingers. I see, I yeah. see. She's got to get a ring. Yeah, not for a while, though. I have to have a chat later. I would, I would imagine, because women's rings tend to be so tiny, yes. to trying to do that process on something that small... Three and, three and, and a half. half. Yeah, so a lot of the time it just doesn't work, and like... Meteorite could work and you can do it, but, and then the pattern doesn't show up super well. And then you have to have it too layered in order for it to be strong enough as well as uh, oxidation resistant. Meteorite can oxidize. And so you want to put something that won't oxidize on the inside of it. So a lot of them, it's like probably 20% of our sales are to women. And a lot of our designs are just better for men's style rings. And so the design isn't quite where it needs to be for the women's ring. So we're trying to like get there and um, we've done a couple that have been a lot more popular for women, but it's just kind of a thing where it's like, yes, we really want to, but as soon as we get a spare minute from the men's ring stuff, we'll get around to it. How did you learn about stones? You went to school for two years, you said? Yes. Well, but one year you, of college. Did you? Sorry, one year. Did you take gemology classes or is no. this all like your own no, interest in... It's not nothing I do is too like I really specialize in going crazy with the materials I use, but it's all kind of like the same thing once you figure out the basics. If it's super hard and brittle, then I use diamond hole saws for the most part to cut through it because other stuff just wouldn't work. And if it's brittle, you need to reinforce it with another material. And carbon fibers are really common go to for me because it's pretty straightforward to work with and it's like premium and super strong. But, like, I just 
you know, you pick it up one material at a time. And that's what my YouTube videos are, is essentially me finding something weird on eBay, <laughs> buying it, <laughs> figuring out how to turn it into a ring. And that's the video. And now I know how to make a ring out of coral. So that's rad. That's how it goes. That's so crazy. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so have you thought about branching out outside of rings or are you just going to kind of stay one dimensional? there? Yeah. And it, again, that's kind of similar to like women's ring. It's like every time we put effort or energy into something else, you know, maybe we make a hundred bucks here and then we realize we're down 200 bucks over here. So it's like, let's go back and the spend more time on this. And every time we kind of start running out of productivity or productive stuff to do, that's when we start kind of delving down those rabbit holes and something that's like super easy. So like the inside of the meteorite rings, we have a, this blank that's wasted and we just collect them. And we recently had an employee get all caught up with his orders and have nothing, nothing to do really. So we're like, Hey, why don't you take those and turn them into beads? And so that's kind of where the branching out happens. Pendants we started to do. And that's, uh, something that's one of the few things that we do mostly out of house because it's such a straightforward thing to do. You take a material, slice it into a pendant shape. And we do some of the finishing touches sometimes, but, um, and it's still like just a very minor part of the business. And so we just kind of slowly, slowly are branching out. I started doing knives in my YouTube videos recently, but we have not sold anything related to there so yet. So the handle that you're creating? Yes. No, it's, so, it's actually on the ring. There's just a giant <laughs> spike. Yes. Like a three inch long. <laughs> I made a Swiss it's Army It's like a little shiv that ring. like you just hit a little button on the ring and it's like... <sighs> Poison blade? Yes. You're going to die. No. Can you get into that market? I would get probably assassinated. <laughs> By my own You ring. would be doing the assassinating. Yes. Well, then I'd have assassination he'd, he'd competition. stab himself. Oh, yeah, I'd, I'd stab myself for sure. <laughs> Like, like, I just had to try it out. <laughs> you just fall over dead one day. That's that's why. Um, yeah, we, we, we like slowly, slowly are getting into it, but it's just kind of a slow process for that reason. I always get like super excited and want to like jump ship and do this. And it's like, or what if we paid our bills <laughs> and made rings? <laughs> you know, the little things. Oh, weird how you run a business <laughs> uh-huh. like a business. It sucks when you have to be an adult. It really does. And like, with YouTube, it gives me so much freedom, freedom, and I'm kind of restricted to rings. But most people couldn't just go like buy something on eBay and make a ring out of it, and that's their business model. So that's a fun business model. What's it, the weirdest thing you've done? It is nice. Uh, mammoth tooth was weird. It was like grinding a tooth. It smelled like a dentist in a very, very bad way. <laughs> <laughs> I know that smell. So that was well. weird. Um, I just came back from the. Day. I didn't finish it because it was kind of grossed me out. The Water Jet Channel, they're a YouTube channel here in Utah. We do a lot of stuff together. They're like, hey, we just cut a rattlesnake with the Water Jet. Do you want a section of it to make a ring? And I was like, okay, that's weird, but okay. <laughs> and I got like halfway through it and I'm like, this is gross. And I just kind of stopped. Um, um, they I'd cut say a snake probably, in half with a Water Jet. Yeah, it was like a like a scientific like preserved snake it wasn't like they just found a rattlesnake was it like a fresh <laughs> rattler that they killed in the <laughs> no it was all like dehydrated and all that um i'm not like having a hard time i feel like meteorites really weird that's that's always like the thing that people are always like what you what? meteorite what it's a really cool that's unique really cool. material yeah. yeah but for us it's 
quite normal now. So I always just like, oh, yeah, meteorite. So are you looking for a specific type of meteorite? Because they can be yes. composed of all kinds of different materials. Yeah, the meteorite we use in everything we do is Muaniana Lusta. And it's because of the patterns that it has. And what's really cool about it is it takes... So as a rule of thumb, in order to get those patterns, you have to cool a material from molten to solid at a rate of 1 million years per degree Celsius at least. And so if this went from 100 degrees to 0 degrees Celsius, that would require 100 million years. And of course, it's going from... I don't know the melting point of iron and Celsius, but like literally this is hundreds of millions of years old, if not billions of years older than the earth. I think Muaniana Lesta literally is older than the earth, depending on how you date it. I like, you can look up the Wikipedia page. It'll blow your mind for real. Um, so when the aliens come, you've created beacons without knowing it. Yes. So yes, everybody they're going to scan one. all the chosen ones. <laughs> we're, we're taking you back. But then they're going to see the carbon fiber underneath and be like, what the fuck were they like, doing? Wait, wait, well, hold on. These, are these counterfeit alien rings? Like, shoot. But, but you will be able to start their spaceship, so. Yeah, yeah. The, the key detector doesn't know the difference. Have you tried to go to Area 51 yet? No. We just made an Area 51 for the joke of it. We saw today flights to Las Vegas during that time for like 54 bucks round trip. And I was like, we're, we're losing money not to practically at this point. <laughs> so I might go do that tonight. Might be making a trip down there. I, I don't know. I'm excited to see what they do with that. That's weird. At least like watch from like the outside, like watch everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll keep a comfortable distance. I'm not when is it. that big rendezvous happening? September. September something. Like you don't need a round trip because you're not coming back. Yeah. Oh. If you storm, if you storm it, your spaceship back, then you're probably dying. You're probably, <laughs> probably, probably dying. No, yeah, yeah. You're not getting to area 51. You're not going to make it across <laughs> the desert. They don't want shit. anyone to see those aliens. Yeah. I'm, they like, moved them already. I'm fascinated as as by it because you know, there's some crazies out there that are. Oh, yeah, there's uh, yeah. people that are going to do it. There's so, people that are going to do it. Here's the thing. Even if there is stuff there, which who knows. Uh-huh. With the two oh, and a half knows. months of yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, uh, I mean, I, I'm curious how many people actually show up because it's going to be a thing. Oh, of course it's I saw amazing. someone point out this. Like, it's probably just going to become like Coachella. Brands right. are going to extort it. It's going to be Burning Man. Up. Yeah. It's like the, like the fire festival. Yeah, people are just... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> they get there. There's not really anything there. There's a few tents, some bottles of water. People are, like, stealing mattresses out of other people's tents. Yes. I heard Arby's is showing up with a, like, mobile, <laughs> like, meat trailer or something. Is what they call oh, it. I'm there Arby's. if they have jalapeno poppers. How do you pick a... How do you, I just want to know how you pick a meteorite broker. Like, I need um, that job. I just... And there's kind of like some secrets to it, but essentially, yeah, don't I, tell just, the I just we call them rock buyers. Yeah, I just bought enough meteorites to the point where I'd like you're on some list. You're on a l- no, no, <laughs> you're I, on I just, someone's radar. The do not fly. Just list, interacted no. with a lot of people, <laughs> and I was like, hey, what if I start buying more of these? And what what kind of quantity could you supply? And pretty quickly, you weed out the guys who literally just bought like five slabs of meteorite and threw them up on eBay. Like he's like, I can't supply you anything. Like, what are you talking about? Hmm. And then. This other dude is like, no, that's what I do. Like, I've got clients all over the world, this and that. I'm like, oh, yeah, then I'm going to buy you're, stuff from You're me. the man. <laughs> yes. Well, did you know that in Utah you can get red emeralds? Maybe that should be your next adventure. I did not. It's the only, be a good place, red, only red, place in the world. It's called Red Barrel. Yeah. 
It's the we only can, place in the world you can get We them. can give you the article so you can I go need find it. I to look into that. That's <laughs> like the, a really good the, YouTube video. Yes, I maybe. thought this was a fucking joke, by the way, when I read the Wawa Mountains. Wawa Mountains. It's really called the Wawa Mountains. Wawa Mountains, Mountains outside Mountains, of Beaver, Utah. Utah. Yeah. 24 million years ago. See? It's a specific way that this is created, only found in that mountain range in Utah. Yep, because huh. of the lava flow and the temperatures. and Only $8,000 per carat. Holy moly. <laughs> okay, maybe maybe we're not going to make rings using <laughs> red emerald anymore. You just have to charge enough for that's, it. That's the yeah. wholesale price. You just got to charge a little yeah. more. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's you can pro- honestly, you but that's the thing. Like, you could probably get like it may be eight thousand dollars for a cut carrot. Uh, and at a wholesale level, but you're not using cut yeah, yeah. emeralds. Well, you're using use, dust yeah, most of the time, right? Yeah, and like crushed up stuff. So that's yeah. a, like gem quality amethyst has to be like super clear, cut, polished. A lot of labor goes into it. That can be really expensive. You can get amethyst for, I don't know, like hardly anything. Up in Ogden. It's just like regular <laughs> amethyst. At the Rockstar. You're in Utah. There's a lot of rock hounding in Utah. What do you use that's local to Utah? Cause Dinosaur bone. And it's not just because it's from Utah. Like it's like the best. It does not. It's <laughs> old enough that it is just stone. Could you put trilobites or something in there? You could. I think I've seen someone do it. I have a ton of people who make rings now in a very similar fashion. We have like our supplies company. So we have this Facebook group where we see things people do. We've seen a lot of cool stuff. I'm pretty sure someone crushed up trilobites and put it in a ring. It's such a cool idea to have something so seemingly unique. Are are all of your sales through your website then? Yes. We don't have any physical locations, stores, or anything no, like, like that. Do you do any kind of like wholesale brokerage to anyone? No. We, we'd be kind of open to it, theoretically, but it's like we're not going to work for it. You have to usually give people like 50% off, which there goes almost all our profit. And... uh it's just a grind for no money in most situations. So it's hard. You have wow. to be doing big numbers and we do not do quantity. We more of, well, it's a, it's a, that's the thing. They're handcrafted. You have, certain, yeah. it's not like you're punching them in machines and just having someone QA the whole thing. You, you've got people that are physically making these yeah. day in and day out. Yep. So to make twice as many rings, we need twice as many employees. So it's, what's tricky. the average, ring size that you make and or sell the most of? I'd say right about size... Three and a half to four. (laughs) Three three and a half to four. And it's because we're more for men's rings. And so... So sausage fingers? I think about ten, ten and a half (laughs) is like most common. And then it's kind of like a double bell curve. You see a big peak at like ten and then another one at like twelve, twelve and a half. So like normal dude, sausage hands. Sausage sausage dude. No, size 14 isn't even like that big that's really not i think i have like we sell up to size 15 i think i have like i think i have like a 14 and a half would you do special order somebody wanted something bigger or smaller Mm, generally no i used to but what about cock rings we've we've (laughs) that's like asked every time everyone's like like, this is an old question that is not you've never had that question i have i have are you kidding me no um (laughs) I, I was in a, a group chat with ringmakers. Someone literally asked one of the dudes to make him one. And I got an order. Someone wanted a size 18 ring one time, and I was like a little suspicious. <laughs> so, like, do they not understand what those are actually for? And that, like a solid ring isn't really going to help you there? Like, I, I couldn't tell you. You don't have any personal experience with this? I, 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 Is that what you're saying? I actually don't. Maybe Andre the Giant wanted a ring. Yeah. 
Yeah. Maybe I it's mean, just a died, big just boy. I don't. I don't really. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so let, let let me ask you. Let me ask you this: um, are, are most of your cells here locally, or is it a lot of national or international? It's probably like thirty to fifty percent international, depending on the wow. That's week big. or month, and so it's just like you know, people see my YouTube videos all over the world. America is our most common. You know, probably. 50% of our YouTube views come from specifically USA. So, but like they're like almost half, somewhere between 30% and half coming from international. That's, that's yeah. really good. What's the farthest out you've shipped? Everywhere. Like uh, Australia is really common. Um, What's Singapore. What's the coolest address you've gotten that you're like, what? <laughs> Have you ever had like mm. down by the pub can, in the Yelp? Can What's... you guys ask one question at a time? Sorry. Yeah, geez. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, Addresses. I'll sometimes see weird addresses and just like, right, like be Helsinki, like you're like in the I'll middle just, of nowhere, Russia. Yeah, I'll just throw it into Google Maps and be like, "Where is this?" Not trying to stalk my customers. But <laughs> you sometimes know I'm where curious, you're it. and you'll see just like I don't know, just like people in the middle of nowhere and random country. Nothing specific comes to mind, but like every country Saudi Arabia is common we get a lot of Middle Eastern customers they are buying like the most expensive rings typically hmm. and then Singapore too that's where we get a lot of our high value orders um, for some reason those people in Singapore and and uh, the Middle East have lots of money I don't yeah, know why who knew what's 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 kind of your average range for pricing price range so our average order on the websites like between probably about 400 to 500 dollars um our most expensive ring is 2500 dollars and our cheapest ones i think we hit have like sub i think like 99 dollars on sale for just like a pure carbon fiber ring and that's kind of like our like this is our plain and simple just like it's a nice solid ring nothing too crazy and we we really like to do like big sales on that to just kind of get customers in the door and just be like, hey, here's our brand, here's how we'll treat you, here's this and that, just trying to get them. What like kind our of brand. what kind of warranty do you give on the rings? Mm, they- I don't I don't even we don't even advertise anything. We just like if you've got a problem, email us and we'll figure something out. Have you ever had stuff come back or not? Usually? Yeah, no, we all the time like with rings resizing is like twenty percent. Oh, you know, so like one. it's it's tough, and that's you know like, people get fat, man. They do, or like they just literally. We have someone order like a size fifteen. It was like a fifteen hundred dollar ring. They're like, "Oh shoot, I'm a size like eight. What? They're like, excuse me. They're like, dude, you realize like I gotta like that's you're gonna have like an can't. inch of carbon fiber in there, right? Like, yeah, you can't really resize that. You gotta. Yeah, how, yeah. how do you resize your rings? Because a lot of your rings can't. Are, yeah, I was gonna say a lot of your rings are are you know carbon fiber on the inside. It's not like so when you use. A precious metal like gold or platinum, you can either bore it out or you can add to it and yeah, and stretch it a lot of the time too. But yeah, like meteorite's gonna crack if you try to stretch it. Glowstone, our inlays, they're not flexible. So so just like clean them and sell them to the next guy. That's that's like if it's anything custom, we don't do returns for that reason. And if it's and that's why we've started to kind of segment our site better. Is we try to really. 
push special edition rings heavily. And the reason being is we only, like if we could only make 20 different designs, we could just keep them all in stock and just wait for the orders to come through. But obviously we, we have the ability we want to offer the, fun in that? the customizability. Yeah. So, so how does someone customize? Um, it depends, but like glowstone rings, probably the most customizable and straightforward one to do. So you pick your band material, you can pick black ceramic, which is cool, lightweight, scratch resistant, uh, tungsten carbide, super popular titanium, um, even Damascus steel will do. Ooh. So, uh, you pick your band and then you pick your, Do you make your Damascus steel. We have it made by Vegas forge in Las Vegas. Most of it, I should say. Um, but no, we don't make it in house. That's a lot of work and you need we've a, watched fortune fire. Forge. We know how hard okay. it is. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. And it requires some big machines and a lot of heat. And I'm not about that. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, anyways, so you pick your material, then you pick your glow color for the glowstone ring. And then we have pretty much every color of the rainbow you can pick for glow. And then you can also pick a color to add into that. So the glow powders are a kind of off white color and you can add green color pigment to a red glowing ring and have a green, a ring that'll look red in the dark, but will be green during the day. <gasps> So you can get pretty fancy with it. Um, So you can pick your glow color. You can pick your daytime color. And a lot of the time they match. Your customers like them to match. But um, you can do whatever you want. want something different. Yes. It it is cool. You have like even something like subtle that's like blue during the day, that green at night. Um, So you pick those and then you pick your inlay materials. And we have like amethyst, tiger's eye, meteorite, malachite, uh, ruby. And that's the powder, right? Well, yeah, there, it's it's not a powder. We crush it and we sift it to be within oh, a certain range. Certain so if size. it's too small, we sift it out. And so we do like, I want it to look, I call it glowstone. I want it to look like almost like a granite where you've got all these different kind these of colors. Flecks of things. Yeah, like, yeah, different materials in there. You've got like transparency in some of it. So like amethyst, you can, you know, you put it in there and then you shave it down and polish it up and you've got a little bit of transparency where you can kind of see down into it and it looks like a natural material. And so I, that's pretty much it. There's a list you can go on our website and see it and we can do literally almost anything if you email us, but um, we've got our like most popular stuff on there, but yeah, you pick, there's, you know, if you did all the math, I think there's over, well over a million combinations you could do for wow. a glowstone ring. Wow. Does it get complicated or not really the it's, way you've set it up? You know, it's... like it's, it's pretty straightforward. We've like really struggled. There's a lot of strategy to like, if you make things too complicated, it's really, people are going to want to order because it's, yeah, it's too yeah. overwhelming. And so that's another reason why we do our special edition rings. We, we pick a combo that we really like with something we think really works. And it's just like, here, pick your size and press order. It's like the cheesecake factory menu. It's too much. Yes. <laughs> it's also it, all frozen. That's a really good point. I've never even thought of that. And it's also frozen. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing shade at cheesecake factory. You bet your ass. I will every time. <laughs> I'm okay with frozen food though. TV yeah. Most kids your age are. Yeah. Like I said, my daughter, she's 21. So, yeah, just eat whatever. Totino's. Totino's pizza rolls, like the Walmart brand. Bagel bites. Pizza rolls because they're cheaper. That's that's how picky I am. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of ramen. My daughter's picky. ramen. My yep. daughter's pickier than that. Mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. Out of the box. Tuna. Right? Tuna with saltines, just straight out of the can. Yeah. Oh, I like tuna straight out of the can. Yeah. 
And I have enough money to actually buy tuna, but I'll eat it. By the way, the nothing that you've mentioned, you actually have to cook. Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, like, <laughs> I'll, I'll cook. <laughs> but, like, I, I go to the store and buy, like, one steak, go home, eat it, and that's it. You know, like. My 19 year old just, we just took her down to school and we got her that kind of stuff. Pop tarts, macaroni and cheese, Totinos. We're like, this is the shop where you get like the stuff that's too expensive for you to get while you're at school. She's like, bread. We're like, do you want some peanut butter and jelly? No. Like, are you just going to eat bread? Well, maybe I should get some peanut butter and jelly. (laughs) You're like, yes. What are you going to eat on the bread? You're not at home. There's not just magically lunch meat in the drawer. Oh, yeah. that. She thinks it just magically appears. That is me all the time. I'm just like, oh, I've got a whole loaf of bread. I've got cheese and that's it. Yeah. She makes (laughs) grilled cheese like 14 days in a row. (laughs) So what do your what do your parents think of of the I'm started my own business and they, I own they really like it of course like at the beginning they were kind of unsure i was at the u of u they're like you're a, what you're leaving school f- yeah for a fucking hobby yeah yeah exactly <laughs> but like that's what like my dad did you know always doing like entrepreneurial stuff um but that was like a reason why they would advise me not to it's like if you want stability and this and that and it's like you should probably go to school and do your degree i was in school for mechanical engineering so Kind of fucking hammer. Kind of similar, but not that similar. It took one course of actual mechanical engineering for me to go, why the fuck would anyone want to do this? Yeah. Why would I want? And it makes sense. Like you're, you're actually using what mechanical engineers would use, which is CAD drawings of fucking bolts with mm-hmm. screws on them. So stupid. Yeah. I enjoyed some of it, but yeah, for the most part, I figured I would like being a mechanical engineer, but becoming one. Doing all the schooling was just That's like brutal. it was rough. Learning all the stuff that is brutal. I don't. I don't know how anyone uses CAD for anything. It is so fucking. I, That's I'm why looking you use at Minecraft. Jeremy. I'm looking at Jeremy who uses CAD CAD design for architecture, and and it's no different. It's the same shit. It's just a different like set of templates, but it's the same shit. Oh yeah, CAD sucks. It's so fucking ridiculously complex. Minecraft. Minecraft is. Training all the kids That's to right. be CAD masters. They, it really kind of is. I it had really somebody will. actually bring in. They designed their house oh, yeah, in Minecraft. Minecraft and wanted me to use that as the template. Has Jonathan was ever it done any that? help? Oh, Jonathan makes houses and it all. No, it was no help okay. whatsoever. Of course not. It's fucking it's Minecraft. I was playing Minecraft this last week. And uh, I was like, shoot, I need an architect to help me figure out this house because I no, they, was getting overwhelmed. That, their own house they wanted. For real? No, but yeah, yeah. They went the other way around. They're like, here's Minecraft. what I made in Minecraft. And then did screenshots for me. That's... And they're like, uh, <laughs> thanks. What the fuck am I supposed to use with this pixelated garbage? <laughs> Pate is Might next. as well just draw it on your graph paper. So where I've made this out of wool and sand, I'd like it to be. <laughs> yeah. Can you, can you use brick? That's <laughs> <laughs> funny. <laughs> can you make I, it stand too? That'd be great. And there's a moat around it, so I want to keep that a lava a water moat, feature. Moat. Yeah, let's let's incorporate that. <laughs> and can you, you drawbridge, Jeremy? Can you can you install a few uh, topiaries that are shaped like the dildo creature, whatever that is? <laughs> Creeper, the green dildo. Creeper. You knew exactly what I was I, talking uh, about. Certainly. The first time I ever saw that stuffed animal in the store, the like cre- <laughs> the stuffed creeper, I was in the toy section of like a Target or something like. What the fuck is this doing in a kid's set? It looks like a dildo. <laughs> it does. It's not made out of anything that a dildo would be made out of. No, but it's like a plushy dildo. I was like, what <laughs> the Excuse absolute me? fuck is this? Like, how is this in the kid? What is this in Target for, first off? And then what's it in the kid's section for? I'm like, this is like 
Dr. John's level like <laughs> gag gift for like a bachelorette party. And then I'm like, Minecraft. Have you ever been to a bachelorette party? I don't think so. I, I wore penises on my head for one once. Nice. It was it was a combined bachelor bachelorette party. There's pictures. Are we gonna have a bachelor bachelorette party? Um Hookers and Blow. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Jody always says. Hookers and blow. <laughs> So what's what's <laughs> our podcast is like? What? We just got back from vacation together, so so what's what's next for for the the company for Patrick Adair Jewelry? Um, we're just keeping things going. Um, we're starting to get into advertising on YouTube, which is like boring, but like it's like a really big, you know, like we've got our YouTube videos that get their views organically. We've got Facebook where we do paid advertising and then we can start YouTube advertising, which it's like boring and not going to make a difference on what you see on like the website, for example, but it could add 30% to our income. Yeah. So So that's like a a big thing business-wise, but do you have a good do you have a good marketing team that's driving a yeah, lot of this? We do a lot of it in-house. We have an agency in Santa Monica, California that helps with specifically Facebook ads. And uh we just kind of learn as we go. We've talked with a lot of people in the industry and they're just like, Hey, you should just figure it out and not use an agency. And it's like, well, we like them and like I'm not trying to spend all day long looking at like Facebook. That's not what I'm good at, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so- do you uh, do you find that it, the the custom jewelry space, the custom ring space, is like super competitive? Mm, for us, not like not like crazy. The, what we do is so different, and it's because I don't know how to make real jewelry. You know, like <laughs> regular rings. And so that's been to my advantage. Everyone's like, "Well, are you going to go to jewelry school and learn how to like set stones and stuff?" And I was like, "Do a lot of work to figure out how to make stuff. Like, don't want to do that, and then compete with." people who are like insanely talented and have decades of experience. It's like, no, thank you. So <laughs> I like, I like what we're doing. We keep it like pretty basic. Um, I don't even remember what the question was, but yeah. So like for us, it's like, there's not a lot of people in that. that well, th- th- there are. And like, especially they're popping up like crazy now, but like, the market itself is relatively untapped. There's still like so, so much more reach out there. And so I feel like people want a different, like different materials. They don't just want a gold and silver ring. I mean, and I feel that that started with like titanium rings and now there's wood and, and all, you know, people want durability and yeah. yeah. And I think men's rings specifically have been neglected. I would see that I'm like so interested in like everything, you know, like I'll go, to the mall and just go look at jewelry like this is so cool and then you go look at like the men's section and they've <laughs> literally got like six rings like total and you're like are you They're kidding pretty me? ugly yeah and a lot of them like oh it's it's a white gold or platinum or silver band with a or it's this black with three diamonds in it. Or it's this horribly gaudy thing oh, yeah. that only the godfather would wear. <laughs> oh, it's a fucking Super Bowl ring. Yeah. Cool. And a lot of them are straight from China. Literally, I promise you they pay 
I'm not going to name any brands, but it's almost everyone. They pay less than $5 for the ring and they sell it for $300 in their store and they don't do anything. Three Are they on the corner of State Street and 7200 South? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. That's not 7200 South. It's like 6200 South. That was literally right? so close no. to where That's what they're at. I oh, lived it is in 7200 South. They're on the corner at. of State Street and names. I don't give a shit. South. They're not local. The Shane Company does an amazing job. <laughs> Shadow Deer's still lying. And their son's name is Rorden. Yeah, what the hell? Idiots. Who names your kid Rorden? And they travel to like, Antwerp, Germany. Antwerp and, and Tel Aviv in yeah. Mumbai <laughs> to meet the diamond dealers. We'll make fun let, for you, don't let worry. Me, okay, let me good. tell you this. If you name your kid Rorden or if your name's Rorden, go change your fucking name. <laughs> it's a really stupid-ass name and your parents are dicks. Rorden. Rorden I, I literally have a problem with parents naming their kids really weird things. It's, it's like... What? That's just rude. You're doing them a disservice. Yes. And I promise you, they shouldn't be bullied for it, but they are going. They're to be going bullied. to be Rorden bullied for is it. hard to say. Like yeah. it's not even just ugly. It's not. It's not easy to say. There are some people got, that can't say it. I if bet. If you go to prep school, it doesn't matter. No one's going to make fun of you because they've all got names like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They pick um, the one with the worst of the bad Rorden Rorden and Buford and Buford, whatever else. <laughs> Jim. They pick on Ronnie at, at prep school. <laughs> Fucking Ronnie. No, they pick. The on kind Jared. Of name is that? What kind of name is Jared? Are you kidding me? That's a Child molester from Subway. That's what kind of name that is. Boy. (laughs) (laughs) No, well, the thing about the Shane Company is the Shane Company, like all their ads across the country. By the way, folks, they're not fucking local. I know their ads make it sound like they're local, but they are not. They are a massive corporation. Around do you mean I do not world. have a friend in the name business? Hold up. You don't. No, Jeremy. I'm not getting that friends and family discount. No, no. They charge me $400. When you for... go in there, their salespeople don't work on commission. They work on a bonus structure based on the amount of shit Oh, they, they definitely sell. do. They say Fuck they yeah, don't they work do. on commission. I went there once like for fun with my girlfriend, now fiance, just to like look at rings because she likes rings. And they were like... We were literally like, we're not planning on getting engaged for at least a year. And they're like, do you want to put down a deposit? Of course they were. Of course they were. Did did you really just ask that? (laughs) Like, what what, what do you want me to say? Like, Diamonds Direct, so that's that's actually where I got Breeze Ring. Um, They... They're new to Utah uh, within the last couple of years. And I'm looking at where their shops are, and I'm like, why'd you come to Utah? Because all their stores are like Texas and like the Carolinas, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, why'd you come to Utah? Well, we did market research, and... You guys have a lot of people to get married here. <laughs> yep, that's, and, that's pretty much it. <laughs> and and competition-wise, there's there's really not a lot. Uh, there's a couple of custom jewelry designers. There's a bunch of bullshit mall and grocery store type. It's jewelry. not like Manhattan where there's like a whole ro- like a whole street. Yeah, of yeah like there's there's just not. There's not a big selection here, and so they decided to come here. And they're not local, but. I'll be damned if their their selection and quality of in-house designs and stuff is fit. And that's the other thing. They have really good in-house designs. Like, basically, I don't know how, like, Versace for these guys. Is it Versace? Um, I don't know. I don't some know what you're big, talking about. I don't know how some of the big ring designers are okay selling their rings through Diamonds Direct because some of their in-house designs look like straight-up rip-offs from, <laughs> from, from the designer rings for, like, half the price in-house. But they sell them both, so. Nice. Um, anyway, uh, how can people, if they want to buy a ring or check out your YouTube channel, how do they, how do they see these things? Just search Patrick Adair into Google. You'll find my YouTube channel there. You'll also find the website and anything your heart desires. What if my heart desires a, uh, five carat diamond engagement ring? Go to your friend in the diamond business <laughs> in the corner of State Street. So you can <laughs> I'm pretty sure I couldn't lift that. 
Well, thanks for thanks for joining us, Patrick. Thank um, we you. do have we do have one other question for you. Uh, it's something we ask everyone on the show. Okay. Um, you were born in Hong Kong, but you <laughs> chose to live here in Utah. <laughs> yes. Uh, you've started a, a business here. You've put down some serious roots, buying a house at such a young age. What's one thing that you would tell someone visiting the state of Utah that they had to do before they left? Ooh. Off-roading? Oh. Ford Raptor? Utah's like truck capital other than Texas. A lot, a lot of truck stuff. I just got a Ford Raptor this year, and it's a lot of fun. Where, where would you suggest people off-road? Uh, there's a cool place. I think it's called like Five Mile Pass or something. Mm-hmm. That's out by me. Where, yeah, Ford takes the new Raptor customers on like a fun test ride. They have like the <laughs> Little Sahara. <laughs> the Little Sahara is fun. I like that. They're Except for anyway. Easter. Don't go there at Easter. Or like Moab. I don't know if there's like, there's like jeeping. I don't know what you do in a Raptor in Moab. Jeeping. Yeah, my daughter is tried. A, my daughter tried jeeping in her Liberty and I think she messed up her wheel. But then lied about it. Yeah. <laughs> like we wouldn't know. Well, thanks again right. for for joining us. Thank um, you, guys. And I think that's that's going to do it for our show for the night. Um, so, uh, if you like what you hear, um, you can go uh, share the episode. If you don't like what you hear, share the episode. Yeah, what she said. Um, and remember, go vote uh, uh, City Weekly. Uh, their best of voting is up. Um, vote for us for best podcast of awesomeness and vote um, for patrick for best jeweler yeah. yeah go to best custom rings for men dot com dot com <laughs> and, and submit your vote patrick adair make rings <laughs> vote dot com i'll post the link for the city i haven't posted the link for city weekly yet because it just barely got announced but i will but we're gonna we're gonna beat you over the heads with it for the next several weeks um i'd like Are you to go really? vote for us uh, i am why not you why not? may you may not but i'm going to um, I would like to be voted uh, as the best awesomeness podcast on the planet. Uh, look for our cake at the state fair. It's going to happen. I'm going <laughs> to force this thing to happen. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at TNU Podcast. Um, you know, if you have events coming up or, or cool things like custom Utah made rings, uh, we like to share that stuff uh, for you. Uh, if you have racist uh, bullshit, we're not going to share that. Um, so if I can keep good, it to yourself. Um <laughs> But uh, you can also see us on Facebook at the New Utah Podcast or the website, thenewutah.com, which is probably the best place to go. Uh, Jess will, in six months, have something about five mile, uh, probably, in off-roading. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Jet, you're all caught up, right? Uh, I have two to do. Yeah. The last two? Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be up pretty soon, probably, because she does them in chunks. Um, but she likes to do more in-depth uh, bits on, on each of our guests' one thing, so... Again, thanks for joining us. Um, you know, buy a custom ring uh, and uh, share and go vote. Bye bye. <laughs>